Hey guys, and welcome back to the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. I'm George Tello, and on this week's podcast, we're obviously going to discuss the D2 and D1 results that have taken place over the last week or so. And of course, of course, I have a different kind of proposal for you guys this week to listen to um, on how our league should go and on what direction we should take it in. And I hope you guys enjoy it. It's obviously not meant to be taken super seriously and I hope you guys don't take it that way I hope it's just something fun and something to kind of bring more excitement in the sense of maybe changes could be a good thing and how we should see changes in general uh, as the league goes forward um, once again like I, like I always say I'm not trying to you know tell anyone how to do things here I'm not a board member I am not uh, anything significant of that matter but it's just something for you guys to think about and I hope you guys enjoy it uh, Obviously, there's uh, some really big results in D1, D2 that took place over the last week. Uh, the Glossic Bowl took place. It didn't end well for one of them, of, of course. Uh, I'll get into that later in the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this week's podcast of the Sam Pedro FIFA League. Okay, so I super teased that change in structure so much, I might as well start with it, right? I might as well just get right to it. So, as I enjoy my Monday and my wonderful cheat day, and before I eat a bunch of bad shit for me because I've worked my ass off all week. I had this proposal written down for about three months, and I was going to submit it to the league in written form. And then I said, you know what? It's not as easy to kind of throw out there, right? It's not something that you can just put out there. They're going to take it seriously. But because I feel like this is a chance for me to use the podcast in the right manner, you know, especially since last week, you know, I wasn't trying to upend anyone. You know, I, I, I came off to certain people that way, but, and so I apologize for that. If I'm just being honest, I wasn't trying to do that, but let's get into this because of what Chelsea's done this year. Uh, this is not about Chris, right? This is not about the top four. This is just about how the league should, you know, home of fantasy esports, right? Not a fantasy of your career mode. Right, that's our tag is home of fantasy esports. If you didn't know that, it means you don't check the Re- uh, League Republic page very often. That's okay too, but you should check it out. Standing stats, everything's up to date on that. So that being said, I thought about this. I, I'd say it was halfway into our season. You know, we're doing Team of the Month awards, and I, you know, kind of just peeking at the standing, and I said, hmm, would our league benefit from divisions? And some people, I, you know, I posted this question on the Instagram. And some people are like, what the hell? Like, maybe we need a little bit more specifics. Um, Some people are really for it. And they didn't even have to hear what I had to say about it yet. But this is how it would work, all right? This is how I would do it. Obviously, we don't need to do this change, right? I'm just saying, it would help balance certain things out, I think. I think it would add an element. And it could cut down in the league season um, to a point where, Yes, we cut down a couple more games, but we still have the fluidity of 38 games, right? So um, I propose basically um, four divisions, in this case with five teams, right? And before you ask about promotion, relegation, that stuff still applies. So what you would have is your four or five divisions that you want. Uh, In this case, my whole proposal was four divisions of five teams. So you keep your 20. You don't use the whole league at one time, right? You still got to have a D2 and D1. Um, But in this case, you keep the division. So when teams are up here, you draw a division based off seeding. So that way the top four has some actuality, right? So you still have an overall league table as well, okay? Because we still need a league title winner. But what you do with divisions is you make those games 
amplified, right? In this case, obviously, we have a playoff. So in this case, yes, someone gets reward for finishing first, but we get to the point of a playoff. And some people have been against this in the past, but I think because of certain people's dominance in the league, and yes, in a way, we're kind of punishing them, uh, but at the same time, you're making it more balanced because we don't have a salary cap in our league, right? There's no salary cap. Like, you don't just start with the amount of money. You know, yeah, we all start with 10 mil when we start in the league, but the amount of money you make in it, it's pure uh, free market. And in that case, though, free market can be unbalanced. And yes, a lot of it is growth over time in the sense that, yes, Chelsea sold the right players, made the right amount of money, brought in the right players to come in as well, develop them, yada, yada, yada. So yes, they deserve reward for that. And they'll always get that reward for that. They'll make money. They'll always be at the top of the table to make that money. But maybe we needed a playoff to incentivize uh, and, and maybe reward those teams that can uh, maybe not make that money during the league season and get to the playoffs. And I, I know people are against that because, for one, I know Ryan and company probably don't want more money coming into the league. Um, but I think this runs out of, or excuse me, this can help the whole middle of the table struggle, right? If you're in your division and your division that year you got drawn into isn't doing that well, you can win your division, make the playoffs, right? And you get a different set of money than everyone else. And I think that could help other people. Now, I know the question is, is George, how many games are we going to play? Well, the way I thought of it is either you go 16 teams, make it. That's too many, right? We have 20 teams. There's no need for the whole division to make it. So what you do is you either go eight teams or you go 10. I like eight to make it out of their divisions every year, right? And obviously, you get rid of that mid-table angst. Because if you're in your division, um, you tend to... You're going to look up at someone, of course. You're going to have a top four opponent in there. But anything's possible in that. Maybe you play them three times, you play them twice. But out of division games, they can change. You play everyone only once. And I know that kind of adds a hard thing. Uh, to the league. And I, you know, I was thinking about that. I, I thought to myself, well, how is the league going to break that up? Well, you could still have 38 games if you played everyone three times in your division and then played everyone out of division one time. You could still kind of equal that out. Or maybe you play someone in your division four times. And people probably don't want that because then you're going to be like, oh, I got to play this guy this year. Um, that's obviously something that can be more of a small detail later, right? But in this case, since I'm kind of invoking this, you could still play everyone twice, right? You could keep the league season the same way it is, but the reason divisions would help is, one, playoffs, of course. You know, you really get the playoff structure embedded into the league, and the reason I think that's an interesting thing, not only does it help teams from the 5 to 8 range kind of get a little bit of competitive balance, right? They could kind of keep up with the top four, um, but it gives the top third of the table incentive to be there. So if you're in the 10th spot, now you can fight for a playoff spot. Now you're not just sitting there in the middle just kind of, oh, I, can win. I need to win my games, but I'm not need, I don't need to panic as well uh, because I'm not going to go down. And I just feel like that is a bore. Like, I, I don't care to see results like that. Uh, if, if I'm in D1 and I see someone lose that has been in 10th all season, eh, whatever right? That, those teams aren't really going to shake up what happens in the league. It, it's possible, of course, but over the existence of this league, it has not, I'd say maybe the first two seasons it made a difference, but now it doesn't. Now we've got teams established and dominant, and if that's the case, so we don't have elitist type of teams, 
you know, you, you add this structure in there. And, and some people are going to ask the question, what about the whole point of the season? Well, listen, if you're having a problem with that and you want to cut the season down even more than that, which is fine with me because you're playing too many games, this is why the league season runs out, right? Yeah, I mean, that's okay. The league season ends after all the other cups. Like, we're only playing FIFA. Like, I know some of these people in our league hop on and play Ultimate Team like 20 times a day. What is the difference of you playing FIFA League games? Like, I'm really curious. Like, yes, I know you're competing against people you know and you've kind of established relationships with, but what's the difference? If you have to play playoffs, and that's at the end of the season, right? Like, even if Chris wins, like, the league title, that's a whole nother thing. We can attach to it. It doesn't have to be more money than the league. It's just something that can incentivize a top eight, you know, group. Like, you know, people in the top eight should have something else to play for than everyone else. And that's just my opinion on it. And yeah, it helps to kind of have a overall champion. I guess we would crown that person the champion with a playoff because that kind of means something. Uh, but, you know, I, I was talking to someone recently about what they thought about the MLS playoffs. Should that go away? Um, should they even have a playoffs? We play, they play the whole league season. And he said, yes. And, uh, you know, when this person I know, he plays soccer all the time. It's, it's not anybody associated with the FIFA league. And he just told me straight up, like, I believe that we need a playoff because what it does is it forces teams to, they can't, they can't get a lack thereof of anything. Right. So you can't just stop. If you're going to win the league, it kind of takes the excitement out of the season. Right. If you're up by 14 points with, you know, more and you've already clinched the division or the league in this case. Like, why, what's the point of everyone else playing their games? And, and that that got me because that's true. Like if someone dominates and even though mathematically everyone still has kind of a chance, you know, but we get to the point in the season where like Chris has already clinched the division and there's still like four or five games to go. Everyone's just battling for positioning. And that's cool. That's OK with me. But what are the positions really worth if in the VT Cup you don't get seeding? And if in the FA Cup you do, but it's not that big of a dip. We saw a dip this year of talent between the seeding groups. Uh, but in previous times, we haven't. But this time around, I almost felt like the FA Cup got fixed because of the seeding. But the VT Cup might need some seeding because that was just bad. right? We need to put more incentive towards the top four to top eight positions. And I know it helps money-wise to incentivize these teams to play harder, but some people aren't going to make a gripe over a mill. They're just not. Uh, talking to managers over my course of the time in the league, they're not going to care as long as they stay up. Like, that's, that's their requirement. And that's good and all, but then that creates the kind of middle ground that, okay, I know I can sit in that middle ground every year, I can stay in the league, and you know what? I don't really need to compete. And I'm sure all of us are equally competitive in that sense we want to win. But some of us are a little bit more realistic in the sense that, oh, I'm not going to beat Chris. I'm not going to beat Santi. Uh, I've already lost five games on the year. That's it for me. Some guys are going to throw in that towel. That, that's just how they are. And that's okay. But to eliminate those things, to make a race even more exciting, is that you add spots in a different tournament that no one else is going to get to. If you're in the top eight and you go to a playoff, no one else is in there. Everyone stops. We're all watching you play. You know, and if they want to do a two game or just a one game knockout so that they're not playing too many games, fine. That's fine. You want to just do one game elimination to the final. That way it's quick. That's fine with me too. Right? You work this whole season. Like if you're that good, 
over 38 games, you should be able to walk through the playoffs, right? I mean, that's that's the way I see it. You know, some people are like, well, it's not like that in every sport. Well, I'm sorry, the NFL is a lot different than even soccer is in real life, right? I mean, even in the Champions League, we've seen teams that dominate the whole Champions League season, right? The groups, even the round of 16 to the quarters of the semis, they get to the final and they handle business. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right? And I know that's recent with Real Madrid. You know, and their dominance with Zidane. Like, they were dominant. And in other competitions, they weren't. Right? So, I almost feel that we get that kind of aspect in the FA Cup. Don't get me wrong. But because of the drawn-out nature of it, it takes away from the league at some point. Right? Because of, you know, Chris is like, oh, I got a limited FA Cup, but I'm up by 12 points in the league. Like, He's not going to fret over it as much. And that's okay. That's the position he put himself in. But if he's got a playoff to worry about and he just lost in the knockout stage, he's going to now have to come back and try and perfect that form. It's going to give him something to play for as well. And to me, giving eight teams something to play for other than two is way more important for this league going forward to keep teams competitive. Just because you know, oh, I could go down. If I come back up and I finish top eight, I'm going to the playoffs. I have a chance to win the whole thing. So... I think that would give teams more an incentive. You have more teams competing every year, more teams willing to go for it. And I know what you're thinking, probably listen to this, like, oh, I go for it every time. Yes and no. I've seen some of these deals go down. Some of them are, can I stay up? Dear God, I need just any help right now kind of deals. They're desperate because they want you want to stay up. Those teams will always do that, just so you know. But from that weird range of 5 to about 12th position, maybe even 13, 14, there is nothing for you to fight for. There's nothing. Oh, FA Cup? Really? You think you got a chance? The only teams that are winning that are in the top four right now. I mean, please tell me if I'm wrong. Liverpool got to the final. Don't get me wrong. Great run. But didn't win it. I mean, the, the top four beats up on each other more than anybody. If you just go back and look at some of the results, they're the only ones that beat each other. Yes, there's an occasional tie from outside, but they're the only ones beating each other down. And I feel like if we got a chance to at least expose that in the sense that those four teams beat each other, good. I want to see them play each other one more time then. Even if it's a one-game playoff, quarterfinal shoot down, basically eight teams going for the, for the title, I'm fine with that. And I think people should be more open to it in the sense that, oh, if I get the eighth spot, anything's possible. Right? Because if you're the eighth team or the 8th, or even the 7th seed going into that little playoff that I'm proposing, what are the chances that you're going to beat the one or two teams? It's still going to be small. Like, those guys can bicker and moan all they want, but they've dominated the whole season. They're still going to get a payout. They're just going to get a bonus payout if you make it to the final. I'm saying this is an all-or-nothing money thing. No one's making extra money if you make it to the playoffs. You're going to get paid out already by the league. What I'm saying is if you win it all, you should get a bonus, of course, but only if you win. I'm saying, I'm saying winner-take-all type of playoff, like it should be. You know, you win something, yeah, other teams make money, right? You win the league, you get money. But how much more money do you get? It's not enough for me. If you go and we do get a playoff, we get eight teams in there, I think if you win that, you deserve at least an extra 10, 15 mil. Because I, I think that keeps it competitively balanced. Even if the number one seed or two seed don't win, we're looking at another team that can say, hey, I won this. Yeah, you dominated over the league season. You're going to get that payout for that. But I won this other thing. And you can call it something else if you don't want to. 
But I think we need an extension of that lead. We need to exfoliate that as much as we can because I think there is a struggle from those 5 to 14 positions. There's nothing for you to do. There's nothing. And yeah, okay, I didn't go down. But even with you know divisions or we just keep the league table, table the same and we do something else you know, along those lines, even if we don't do divisions, right, and we just do a league table, I'm telling you right now, more t- that that get gap at least from the eight to I'd say fourteen spot more so than the five, you're gonna have a lot more to fight for, right? I mean, if you are there, we're gonna have four or five teams going for the eight spot every time, and th- when you see those posts, you're gonna be more excited to be playing your games. There's gonna be more on the line, even if it means going out in the first round to Lyon or Augsburg or Chelsea or even America. It, it's okay. It's worth that because oh, I got in. I'm going to go to the dance. And that's what we are missing out on. And I think it's an opportunity because right now there is such a lack there of excitement. And you'll see it when I read out the results for D2 and D1. We're only excited about like three, four teams in D2, right? Like, yeah, we have the fifth spot to play for, but there hasn't been any resistance from the six, seven spots. So it's kind of like a walk out of the five teams. Like they're all fighting it out. And I know there's low volume there of not just playing, games but of you know talent there's not that much some of those teams are new so yeah that's what we're gonna get but i would like to see even a d2 playoff you know where they're fighting it out for each other over to to get promoted right if even if the league wants to change that aspect as well as all right you bottom five suck go down (laughs) you know or they play off each other to stay up i i would rather see that than see d2 play d1 i i feel like we're losing something in that as well like oh it's cool you know but I would rather see those teams play each other out. And even if we switch it to four teams that go up and, you know, that last spot, it's a playoff, you know, kind of how they do in real life. I I feel like we need that and teams kind of to earn their way or you add different clauses. I think we are missing out on those aspects of our league of excitement and drawing attention. Um, And it's not just a league where it seems like a jail to sometimes play in, in the sense that, oh, I committed for a year this is taking forever. I'm not going to win anything. And let me just get my games over with. Well, let's get to the last month. Let's fast forward with our system right now. Uh, just so you guys know, some people are only separated by one point. Some people are separated by three goals in the goal difference on who can make it to the seventh and eighth spots currently right now. Like, isn't that more exciting to know that teams are fighting to get in? Chris can walk away with you know, the San Pedro FIFA League title, right? And you can call the extra cup something else, Commissioner's Cup, whatever you want to call it, right? And it can have its own glory to it in the sense that it's a winner-take-all cup. It's more so you made top eight, you go to this, right? You get a bonus, right? And to me, that's cool. You don't, it doesn't, it just has to be an extension, right? It doesn't mean that it means more to win the league, all right? And then, then win this cup, right? The cup doesn't mean more than the league, but what I'm saying is, is that we need to have something like this because it adds excitement. I would rather see LAFC try and hold off Liverpool and Manchester United while at the same time I get to watch Chris try and hold off the top four while I also get to see the top four hold off five, six, seven, and everyone's battling each other out. It keeps everyone on their toes. It doesn't let anyone settle. And to some people who think they're on their toes right now, I'm sorry, go and watch what Kashima's doing. Go and watch what some of the guys in the bottom half of the table are doing. They're holding on for dear life and there's not attention on it now. There's not, none of you guys are paying attention to that, you know, besides outside the people who do the podcast, like, or we talk about the podcast, 
you know, we pay attention to it. We, we have questions that we want to ask, but uh, outside of that, there is not much go talk going on, maybe amongst the managers themselves, one or two people, but there isn't a big conversation going on about it every time, you know, someone loses in that bottom half, like, oh man, this race is getting tight because no one cares about that. No one cares about losers at all. That's just the way we are as human beings. We want to see who's going to win. And if I can see a team fight for an eighth spot or a seventh spot and they came from 14th spot and they had to race up to catch everyone last minute in the season. That's exciting. That's exactly why sports add the wild card. That's where view, like if you ever study the ratings in the Premier League, the only time they, they are up is at the beginning of the season when everyone has a chance and the last, excuse me, the last five to seven games when that team could be winning a title or one or two teams could be winning a title. That's it. Go and look at the Bundesliga ratings if those teams aren't playing well. They are way down because no one wants to watch that. The MLS, their ratings almost triple when the playoffs come around in those areas that those teams made it in. Listen, we're about 40 guys deep. We need to get everyone to watch everybody, you know, and try and be excited about the league. That's why we have team of the month. We have manager of the month. You know, we have all those monthly things. We have team of the season. We have goals of the month, like the showcase games, those are all things that we're doing as a league, as a whole, to get people excited. Why not get more of that stuff in there? That's just the question I, I think we should ask ourselves. And a lot of people are probably going to be like, you know what, George, listen, divisions won't work. All right, cool. I, that's just something I'm proposing because it can break up the talent. It could break up people having to play, you know, Santi, Chris, Romahan, and Serge all in one month because that happened twice this month or the season, is that some people had to run through that. They can't survive that. They're out. They're done. And yes, the best, the cream of the crop will always rise to the top, and that's good. Um, but maybe that some teams need more time, and that that way this the league season can have some meaning, even if you're not uh, going to win the league title, you can maybe make it to that extension part of the season where you get a chance to win another cup. And I think that is what we're missing. I, I Maybe... You know, you can invite the eight top eight teams to something instead. I guess that's, you know, what I'm getting at. But And they could play for a winner-take-all. But we need something like that to just add a cherry on top of the, you know, the cake here in this sense. And and that's just how I see it. I know everyone else is going to have opinions. If you have an opinion, send it to the San Pedro FIFA League. I'm going to post when I post the podcast. Uh, what do you think about the podcast? What do you think about this particular section? Obviously, we'll talk more about it in the future. The reason why... and I'm not trying to start some momentum changing thing here, but we're, we're losing a voice in the board and I'm not trying to take that spot. No one that I know wants that spot. I'd certainly don't, but if that's the case, we still need to do more to help Ryan and Joey. They're not, they're not these people, you know, they're smart, but no one could come up with ideas on their own all the time. There's something that might be underlining that they need to hear that maybe they don't see and vice versa, right? They've said things in the past that, some of us don't think of. So we need to help each other out. We need to continue to help each other out. And that's the only way the league's going to improve. And if you guys don't like divisions, fine. Let's scratch that out. Let's throw that out. I still like the rest of the idea in the sense that we have a league table. The only difference is now you top eight teams are going to fight for something a little bit more, which means now we're giving not only eight teams something to work for, but you're giving teams from ninth, 10th, you know, all the way down to about 14th. I think a realistic chance to do something as well. Obviously, avoiding the rele relegation zone is something that will always be something in our league. As long as we have pro-rel, I think we have that aspect to our, our leagues and our divisions are going to have to fight for that.
I'm going to take a break. I think that I've said more than my piece on this subject. I feel like I should do more of this stuff in the future, of course. You know, I'll break down windows and I'll do other stuff like that as the season goes on and it ends and we get to the off season. But for now, this is something to think of because we have time to actually draw this out. You know, we won't punish the teams this year for structure change going into the next season. But as we look forward to the way the league can improve and way we can get more teams involved, the money is set there. I think we do a good job of that. How we crown our champion, we could still have that, you know. I like our two cups. I think the VT Cup should mean more in seeding. I know the league feels differently about that, but I, I personally do. I know some people are like, well, it's preseason. There is no such thing as preseason in our league. We don't have a preseason schedule. And because we don't have that, you know, and there's there's no need for it, obviously. Um, you could schedule your own preseason games. You know, the VT Cup should mean more. And I'm not saying money-wise. I like the amount that comes from it. It's kind of like a league cup, almost. Um, but... We do need an aspect that adds more value to finishing high on the table than just money. And I think that's what this comes down to. You know, I'm not criticizing the league in the sense that they've done anything wrong. No, no one's done anything wrong here. What we need, though, is change because change is constant. It's going to happen. And we can change things all at once or we can change things a little at a time. And I think this is a little change overall. I know some people are going to see it as, oh, that's a big deal. Now we got a playoff. Well, none of you guys are going to make extra money off the playoff except for the winner. So, And I think that keeps it pretty fair. Um, and if Chelsea walks away with the league title and that cup and they walk away with 70 mil on a season, I'd say that's what they deserve. We'll take a break. We'll be right back with the D2 and D1 roundup. I'll get into what's happening in the top five race in D2. And then, of course, D1. We'll talk about all the results and how they affect where people are going to finish in the standings. All right, so as we come back from our little break, let's get into D1 first. Now, D1 had a flurry of results, and I have a couple that were important to what we have going on. Let's first start with BVB and Kashima, a 1-1 tie, as both of those guys are sitting at the bottom of the table. Hazard getting a goal. Um, Drew, or excuse me, Drew getting a goal. Hazard adding with the assist. Yellow card coming down for Sigerson. Uh, Hulk on the other side getting the goal for BVB with Vidal, the assist. I'll get into the standings in a bit and how this affects it, but let's move on because another team at the bottom of the table played a game. Uh, in Houston, two. Newcastle, one. Lukaku getting two against his, in this case, former employer now with Son grabbing the goal for Newcastle. Lexalt uh, and Origi, the assist for Houston. Big three points for Houston. We'll see what that means in a bit. Another blow to Kashima. They lose 5-1 to one against AC Milan. Milan getting Fakir's eighth goal. He adds his eighth assist in this one. Quincy Promise grabbing his first assist for this team. Not to mention Papu Gomez's two goals. He now has 12 on the season. Let's move on to two teams kind of in the middle. Juventus trying to get into the top eight. They are trying to hold on to their positions. It's a 2-2 tie here. Troy Dini getting his sixth and seventh goals of the season. He bags two in this one with Vargas adding an assist. Vargas grabbing his 10th on the year. Erickson and Lingard grab assists as Erickson also scores, and Harry Kane puts himself back into the race. He's got 31 total goals on the season. Spurs went on to play Club America, a team trying to hold on there at the top four positions into second. Medica winning 2-0. Uh, Spurs not really much resistance in this one besides possession. They kept it close there, 54-46. to 
14 shots, 7 on target for Club America. Strakosha picking up his 11th assist on the year in this one with Pepe and Lo Celso scoring. Lo Celso now has 16 on the season. Pepe picking up his 13th assist. He is just one goal and two assists shy of a 15-15 season. Rashford with now eight assists on the season as he picked up that pass to Pepe. America did play two more results. We'll start with their next big important victory. Yes, it's only a 1-0 win over Newcastle, but it picks up Strakosha's 12th clean sheet of the year. Uh, 14th goal for Pepe on the season overall with Sancho just picking up his second assist only. And I think that's an indication of how good the attack is for Club America that even a guy like Jaden Sancho is not being used as often. Newcastle picked up two yellow cards for Van Anholt and Parejo in this one. America did play one more game. It did not end the way they wanted it to as Augsburg take the 2-1 victory. America dominated possession 54-46, but Immobile and Firmino, Firmino on loan from Club, America, uh, Club Liverpool, uh, making the impact in this one. Immobile with a goal and an assist. Bellarabi adds an assist as well. Pepe scores the goal in this one, and uh, Gelson Martins picks up his 11th assist as well. Let's, oh, one more result. We had Madrid play AC Milan. It was 2-1 in that one. Uh, Wilson and Rafinha scoring in this one uh, with Keita and Rashika, the assist men. Ndombele and Sanchez did pick up yellow cards in this one. Um, Papu Gomez gets his sixth assist, and Gonzalo Guides picks up his 15th goal on the season. Let's get you through the standings as we'll start from the bottom. We obviously have Roma deleted from the league. Newcastle in 19th, Porto in 18th with 15 points. Kashima in 17th place uh, with Real Madrid. Both are in the playoff spot, and it looks like Kashima has embedded themselves into the playoff spot at the moment. Real Madrid, Dortmund, and Nacional sit 16th, 15th, 14th respectively, with just three points apart from each other. Houston Dynamo now in 13th place with 31 points. They do, however, have played five more games than Nacional, so that should give that squad a chance to climb up. Of recent uh, failure, I guess you would say, is Tottenham Hotspur. They've been the most middle ground team of the year. They have 12 ties, and it looks like they'll lead the league in that. They now have or excuse me, they now have 33 points. They sit in 12th. AC Milan in 11th with 35 points. LAFC now in 10th, only have played 25 games. They have 38. They are in a tie at the moment with Liverpool, who sit in 9th. Liverpool just ahead on goal difference alone. Liverpool do have a game on the team above them. That is Manchester United, who have 26 played, 40 points. So a chance for Liverpool to go up there. Uh, Liverpool could even pass with a victory. Aventus, who currently sits 7th with 41 points. Wolves in 6th, they have 43. Lyon, with four games in hand on Barcelona, sit 5th at the moment. They do have 49 points on the year. Barcelona have clipped themselves into the top four just for the moment. They have 50 points. We'll see how long that holds, barring some results from Santi. Club America now in 3rd. After that loss to Augsburg, they have 58 points, but with a victory can easily pass them back since their goal difference is a 32 compared to Augsburg's 23. Augsburg do sit second with those 61 points. At the moment, they have the second best defense or third best defense in the league with 30 goals allowed to 53 goals scored. It's the lowest goals uh, scored in the top four, but they currently sit second. They are nine points behind Chelsea, who are at the top of the table with 22 wins, 27 games played on 70 points. And Chelsea are eight shy of the 100-goal mark, and they are tied for the best goals allowed, or the least amount of goals allowed, in the division. So, you heard my proposal about how the middle of the table shakes up, and I talked about how close the race is. That's evident here in the standings as I read them out loud. And yes, with a victory, Chelsea would go and become 
Uh, pretty much the proverbial favorites to finish out this season on top. I think we can all agree on that, uh, that he is going to win the league title. He's only slipped up in five games, and four of those are ties. He's only lost one time. He has the best offense and is tied for the best defense in the league. And it's a great season. He's going to win the double, and that's something he can hold his hat on. I think the guys currently in the top four, even Barcelona, who are going to have to hope that Wolves and Lyon don't do something to pass him, Still has to be happy with his season. But imagine if these all teams had to meet each other at the end of the season. That's all I got to say about that. I, I just think we would have so much craziness and chaos uh, going on. Teams would find some competitive, competitiveness in that. Curious to see how this 12th to 15th position plays out, though, right? We have Tottenham, who've been a completely middle ground team. They do have two games in hand on Houston Dynamo. They can push away from the bottom of the table, but... Curious to see how David and Atletico Nacional react to the fact that they have three games on Tottenham. They have four on AC Milan, and it's possible they can jump those teams and get as far away from the playoff spots as possible. It's going to be curious to see how they handle it. Let's take a look at their schedule coming up. As they still do have Club America on the way, they do get a chance to redeem themselves with Dortmund. However, if that America result doesn't go that their way, that is a possible chance to, to get away from where they're at. They do get an interesting part of the schedule in the sense that even if they lose to America, they can catch up to everyone in beating Dortmund. They do play Tottenham, AC Milan, and LAFC to end their month. So obviously, Atletico Nacional do have a chance to really catch everyone else. Um, Kashima and, excuse me, Real Madrid are right now trying to punch their way out. Richard Dortmund, just a point above Real Madrid. It looks like Madrid could get out. I would even bet on Ryan to get a couple more results here and maybe just push Dortmund down with them, right? They don't play each other. Um, you know, they played each other already, excuse me, and they tied, so it's kind of an even keel. But I do believe that Ryan can do something about the rest of his schedule uh, compared to Wayne. Wayne has not been able to do anything of late. He does allow more goals than Ryan per game. Um, even with two games in hand, Ryan should... Uh, you know, obviously Dortmund's allowed 63 to Kashima's 53. I don't believe that that Antler's defense will fall apart, but they have been prone to completely implode. And it, that has been the issue, obviously, with Kashima this season. Um, and if I'm Kashima, I better start looking over my shoulder because just nine points behind is Porto. And Luis is uh, coming off a pretty decent half month of results that have gone his way. Uh, as for the teams just itching to get into the top eight, I think we do have a good battle between Aventus, Manchester United, Liverpool, LAFC, and on the outside looking in is AC Milan and Tottenham. Uh, barring what happens for the rest of this month and on to the next one, I think we have a good battle here, right? I do think Wolves are kind of going to get away from everyone else because they have just about six to five point cushion, depending on who we're comparing them with. And I think they can hold ground uh, even with the amount of goals they've allowed over the last month being higher than any month that they've had all season, I still think that Andrew can guide his way through. Yes, he's lost 10 games, but he's also won 13. Um, and a 15-win season is actually pretty... I think it's something to hold your hat on. I, I know it's not something special when you're not going to make top four, but I do believe that Wolves will still look at it. Finishing top six is still an accomplishment. I'm going to bounce you guys to the D2 part of the podcast. There are some weird results going on at D2. When I come back, we will talk about that. Um, obviously, though, really quickly, D1 is starting to shape out. And I 
you know, maybe uh, we do see uh, something interesting at the bottom of the table with this relegation battle going on. There is a lot of teams um, that are going to have to push back against some of those mid-table teams that are kind of comfortable. We'll see how those games play out as the weeks go by. I'll obviously keep you updated. As for now, let's get to the D2 squads. All right, so let's get to the D2 matches. I obviously am not going to dive into as much detail as I did with the D1 statistics, right? I mean, let's not obsess over these guys just yet, right? You're just in D2. Let's see if you could survive next season, you know, and then maybe we'll talk about all that extra kind of treatment. But I got a lot of results to read through. Benfica won, Atletico Nacional won. Arsenal played Atletico Nacional later that day, I believe it was. It was 4-1 to Arsenal. Arsenal then go on to play Benfica, and they tie 0-0. Obviously, we have Atlanta beating Young Boys 3-2 in the Golosic Bowl. Uh, Mike takes this one uh, 3-2. Obviously, this is a result that Ronnie needed. Um, I'll get into the standings in a bit, but it didn't really affect him just uh, that much. Um, of course, Arsenal 3-1 winners over Lyon. They stayed consistent. Young Boys, though, could turn around. I know they played this game before they played the Golosic Bowl, but Young Boys 5, Fiorentina 1. I'll talk about Fiorentina in a bit uh, because City also went on to beat Fiorentina 2-0. Um, Martin's having a big, a bad run of it of late. I'll talk about him in a bit. But they've played the game of the season with Arsenal this last week or so. A week and a half, I would say. 7-7 seven, seven tie. Musa Marenga had uh, four goals in the game. Uh, I'll talk about stats after this. I'll catch you guys up on D2 because we haven't done that in a while. Um, wow. I mean, what a game that was. That might be the best game of the season. I'm going to roll through once the season ends and just see which one we got on the last podcast for a while. I obviously, well, you know, well, I'll take a break when the league takes a break too. But, uh, as for now, I mean, wow. Right. What the heck was that about? That was insane. Um, Let's get into how those results affected things, though. Obviously, Club Leon sitting right now at the bottom of the table with eight points. Uh, they've played 18. They do have two games in hand on Atletico Madrid. This, that battle for the last spot to avoid it uh, could come down to something interesting. Uh, City in ninth, they have 17 points. Atlanta United with 20 points on the season. Um, Bayern Munich in seventh, they have 17 games played on 22 points. They do have an outsider's chance because of the bad form of Fiorentina to maybe catch up if they can get some results going their way. The team that can catch is Benfica. Benfica do have one more game than Fiorentina, but the gap has closed a bit. 29 points, Fiorentina in fifth with 35 points, so that's a six-point gap. Things are still in the realm of possibility for Benfica to maybe get in that fifth spot PSG also, by the way, with 35 points, uh, so they are just holding on. Into the top three we go with Celtic at 18 games played, 35 points, a perennial chance to continue to do what they do. If they continue to play defense, best defense in the league right there in Celtic, uh, if they could get good results in their next four games, they could be looking at a potential lead in our division here in second division uh, because if they were to win their next four games they will have just a one-point lead over Arsenal we'll see if that plays out that way as for now in second though is young boys 22 po uh, games played they have 41 points best attack in the league 66 goals 33 positive goal difference but for now we still have Arsenal at the top they have played 22 games 14 wins on the season they have a very consistent 
positive 17 goal difference with 46 points. They lead at the top of the table by five points at the moment. Uh, but quickly, let's talk about Celtic and their upcoming schedule because they've only played 18 games. Uh, let's see who they got to take on in order to get back to the top of the table here in T2. So obviously, like, it's going to take an effort to do what Celtic want to do, right? 22 goals allowed on the year. That's the best in the second division. They start their month with Benfica. I know they haven't played their games yet. This is being recorded on the 23rd, so if he hasn't played his games, he's making a mistake because I think the schedule is very winnable. Um, he's obviously had some trouble with some of these teams in the past, and the end of his month gets a little tricky. But these first three games, I think, are winnable for Celtic. He's got Benfica, Bayern Munich, and Club Lyon, all teams in the bottom half of the table. Celtic can take advantage and kind of, if Benfica loses that game against Celtic, could kill off Jalant's chances of getting that fifth spot. So there's a lot to play for between those two teams when they meet. I don't know if it'll be as close as it should be, but uh, I just think the way that Dre's played of recent, he has the form to continue, even though Jalant has played better. Bayern Munich, I see Celtic possibly taking that game very easily, along with the Lyon one. Where it gets tricky for Celtic is Michael's the type of guy where you need a game I'm going to stop you. I'm going to play spoiler. Man City have won their last couple games. Uh, they're in a better form. Gareth Bale has continued to be an MVP-type player. We don't talk about him enough here in D2, but he should be recognized for that. He's got a date with Celtic at the Etihad. That will be an interesting match. Michael's actually played better at home, obviously, than he has on the road. Gareth Bale has also scored more goals when he's at the Etihad than anywhere else. Celtic will also have to play PSG, who are looking to prove themselves because they've faltered a bit along with Fiorentina into those four and five spots, they're going to look to push back, and a bad result for Celtic could hurt their chances, even with the two games in hand on PSG. Now, Celtic have four games currently on Young Boys, but the bad loss in the Galactic Bowl really has motivated Ronnie's side. This is the only game I think Celtic will lose on their schedule, only because even though great defense usually can beat the great offenses, Ronnie's offense is just four goals shy of 70. That would be just shattering what we needed this season with only 11 teams really competing this year because of the Fluminese team leaving the, uh, leaving the, leaving the league excuse me, after just a month and a half. So with that being said, Celtic can do something here that is important. Yes, if you look at their following month, they're going to be in trouble. They're going to have to figure a lot out. But for now, this is the month for them to jump past everyone and take control of everything. Then have control of their own destiny, whereas next month they may not be in control of everything, that's for sure. But let's get on to the league standings. Let's do what we can there. So it's been a while since we talked about the stats and all that for D2, but Zach Steffen with seven leads the way. Keppa, John Luigi Buffon, Emiliano Viviano, uh, Benfica all have five with Pepe Reina, Joel Robles with three each, Tim Howard in seventh with two. And I'm not going to talk about the guys with one uh, clean sheets each. Not worth my time. Let's get on to the assist race that's been heating up. Barty and Moses tied for second with 10. Rodolfo Pizarro still sits at the top. He's now six assists away from those guys. He leads the league in assists at the moment. Two tied. Diego Yota and David Villa. Nine assists each for Fiorentina and Young Boys, respectively, in the four and five spots. Um, a ridiculous eight assists now for Jamie Vardy. He joins Alexander Golovin for Young Boys, just having another guy that's possibly going to have a 10-10 season. Rising up this list has been Fred. Now seven assists on the season for him. Last month, I believe he had four, so he's really gone up in that one. Thorgan Hazard of late, too, grabbing three in the last month, has been really impressive. He's pushed his number up to six. 
And of course, let's get to the goals because the goal race has mildly improved. Jimmy Vardy rounds out our top five. He's got 17. Ahead of him by one is Musa Moringa. Gareth Bale has 18 goals on the year, and he's pushing for the top three spot in this category. It's very possible he does. Christian Benteke is still in second with 21 goals now on the season. Whatever you say about Atlanta United's terrible, terrible team overall performance this season, Christian Benteke has been a mild surprise in his 21 goals, has proven that. 24 now, though, for Kareem Benzema. He is the cream of the crop in this division. And he, I got to say, he's now the favorite to do this. I would like to see Gareth Bale win it or Jamie Vardy uh, because of the seasons they had and what they mean to their teams. Gareth Bale, especially more than anyone else, even if Benteke were to win it, I think it would be cool. But Kareem Benzema has definitely deserved it. And uh, that's where we're at right now. Of course, we're going to take a mini break and then I'm going to say goodbye as we look forward to next week's podcast here on the San Pedro FIFA League. We'll be right back. Once again, guys, before I end the podcast, I just want to say thank you so much for listening consistently if you do. If you don't, and this is your first time you listen to it, I do release a podcast once a week. Um, check it out at the San Pedro FIFA League podcast. You could find me on Spotify. You could find it on Apple and Google Podcasts. And, of course, you could use the Anchor app, and you can have all the other things that go with it. You could see how I break down the segments, all the other cool stuff that comes with it. Um, because it is kind of cool to see that stuff in my opinion, well, for at least me, it is. Um, if you have any feedback and you want to say something to me, uh, maybe you should talk about this on the podcast and this and that, I can leave you anonymous. That's okay with me. If there's something that you don't like in the league and you just want me to talk about it, tell me it's all right. I'm not going to out you to everyone else. That's not how that works. Um, but yeah, just send feedback to either my Instagram at George William Tello or to the league's Instagram at San Pedro FIFA League. I have been checking it consistently. I have been using it very often. Um, I do have a question for you guys, because this will be something that we talk about on next week's podcast, and I will put the poll question up on the Instagram. Um, I have missed these a couple times, but this time I'm going to remember. If Gareth Bale, and this is the question, if Gareth Bale is two goals less than Kareem Benzema, even though he doesn't win the goal, uh, you know, the golden boot, could Gareth Bale win the Player of the Season award? And obviously this would mean Rodolfo Pizarro stops doing what he does um, and Benteke stops scoring. But if Gareth Bale does what he does, at least for D2, um, could he win the Player of the Season award? That is something that I'm curious to what you guys think about that. Um, that's just my D2 question. I feel like they haven't been getting enough attention. There is some really good individual battles going on there. Um and of course, like I said, there's always going to be something with D1. Speaking of D1, did you like my what my proposal was? What did you hate about it? Let me know if there's something that um, you think is really honest that we could try, in all seriousness that we could try. I mean, let somebody know. I mean, don't just let me know. Let you know some, someone on the board know because I think that we are turning a direction of more so... A, eSports league than it is a FIFA league. Don't get me wrong, it's still going to be FIFA first, um, but in the sense that we add more of an eSports aspect to it. I hope you guys like that. I'm going to do more of those in the future. Of course, the offseason will brandish a lot of ide ideal changes to whether it's the league or people's teams and how and which direction they should go. But for now, thank you guys once again for listening. I'm George Tell. This has been the San Pedro FIFA League podcast, and until next week, goodbye.